Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. People don't have a job. People don't have anywhere to go. They don't know what they're going to do. And a lot of people you have unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Now, Biden was confused when he said we have 100 million, 120 million dead from COVID. These are all the dead who the Dems are sending mail in ballots to. You know, here we are. We have a hologram in a basement named Biden, who, according to left wing polls, is uh, ahead of Trump. I don't believe the polls to begin with. I know that there's an entire movement to destroy Trump and not solely from the Democrats that we know. You have the Lincoln Project. You have major websites who have turned on him. What is the Lincoln Project? They call themselves Republicans run by George Conway. Uh, People you never heard of, Reed Gallen, Jennifer Horn, Mike Madrid, Steve Schmidt, previously worked for Bush, McCain and Schwarzenegger. Uh, Others you never heard of. And they say they're all Republicans and they want Trump defeated. Okay, who are they? They're the Bush, McCain, Romney wing. They're the ultra liberal Republicans. They're extremely wealthy, very, very powerful group. To me, they're like the reform liberal Jewish movement who hate the orthodox. You know, it's an interesting parallel to me. The reformed Jews basically hate Orthodox Jews. They fear them. They hate them. They don't even like their own religion. They don't like God. They like God thrown out of the temple, but they like the temple. They like the bagels and locks. That's who the Lincoln Project is and the McCain, Romney, Bush people are. And then you got the anarchists. Then you got the opportunists like Pelosi all lined up against them. Of course, the media is a given. But I don't really want to get into that today. I'm going to do an eclectic show today. I'm going to read a little bit, tell you some family stories. 
I will tell you who the anarchists are in the history of the anarchist movement. I'm going to ask you, <clears throat> what are the greatest contributions of Western civilization to the world? I tweeted that this morning, four hours ago. Very interesting answers. What are the greatest contributions of Western civilization to the world? I thought I would use this anarchy and anti-Americanism that we've been seeing over the last uh, period of time to, to use it as a learning moment. Western civilization is not going to disappear just because the anarchists and the fools want it to disappear. I also asked another question, <clears throat> which you can call about. What is the most regrettable thing you've ever done? You should see the answers I got to that one. And if you'd like to call the show, the phone number is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. And remember, if you're getting this show on the stream because it's not on a radio station or you don't listen to radio stations, and this show is dominant as a streaming radio show in America and in the world, it's the same phone number. And you can call 855-400-7282. And if you get on this show, you'll be heard by more people than you'll meet for the rest of your life. It's interesting to me how many people listen to this program online. And I want to talk about the COVID epidemic. It's a very important subject, not from the point, solely from the point of view of the disease itself, which has been talked to death, but about the destruction of relationships in the United States of America over the COVID relationship. Over the COVID disease, relationships have been decimated. Friends are not meeting, people are not socializing. It is decimating our society, decimating our society, fracturing us. And on a, um, on a sociological level, in addition to fracturing our relationships, uh, people are turning on each other over, over the, the politics of the day. And it's like the Civil War. People who have been friends for years have turned on each other over the killing of uh, that poor man in Milwaukee by the homicidal cop. I know a guy named Bill who I've known for 25 years, who wrote an article saying that it was a justified homicide, that the cop did nothing wrong. Well, I went ballistic. I said, why don't you send that, that article to the Ku Klux Klan Gazette? Because you may be the only person in America who believes that it was okay for a cop to put a knee on the neck of a man who had been, been tied up, handcuffed, was being choked to death slowly by that cop. And the man was begging for his life. He was choking to death. He was crying for his mother. If you didn't hear that, you have no soul. And the man had the nerve to tell me that that was a certifiably okay procedure to the Minneapolis police. I said, have you lost your mind? What kind of soul do you have? And then one word led to the other and a relationship of 25 years went up in smoke over this. I'm not alone in this. What's going on in America right now is turning people against each other, whether it's the COVID epidemic or the riots. And people are turning on each other like during the Civil War. So I ask questions that are, I think, more generic, like what are the greatest contributions of Western civilization to the world? And I'll read you some of the answers. What is the most regrettable thing you've ever done? I'll read you some of the answers. And then I asked and tweeted some other questions that need to be discussed. For example, early on uh, 14 hours ago, I said Corona spike related to left wing protests. Why is CDC hiding demos of affected groups this time around? We keep hearing that it's young people. Young people are getting the, the, the virus now. Young people. Now, the mortality rate is about 0.1%. So they're getting this. It's lasting about a week or two. It's like a bad flu, and they're getting over it. The older people are not getting the disease. You put two and two together. Why are the younger people suddenly getting 
the virus because they were rioting in mobs. You remember? And then they traveled around America. They, how stupid do you have to be not to put two and two together? You'd have to be Wolf Blitzer or Jake Tapper not to see the relationship between the left wing riots and mobs and the sudden spikes. I don't need them to tell me why. I know more about it than they do. So that's an important topic. Then the other day was interesting. There's a woman named Peggy Nuisance. I mean, you know her as Peggy Noonan. She's an ancient Reagan speechwriter, a real old white glove type who wants Biden to win. And, and I got very upset by her article in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, she's a real, um, you know, you say Peggy Noonan. She wrote for Reagan, old line Republican, white glove, very thoughtful, very intelligent. She wants Trump out and Biden in. And she writes this, she says in a long article, quote, but thoughtfulness and seriousness would put him squarely with wavering Trump supporters. She's writing about Biden and the honestly undecided and reassure them that a vote for uh, him, meaning Biden, is not also a vote for unchecked extremism and mayhem. That's what Peggy Nuisance has become, an ancient Reagan speechwriter pushing for a Biden win. And I said, she's an antique. She's on the wrong side. She has no idea what the National Socialist Party has become, which is, of course, the Democrats. They're the National Socialist Party. What's wrong with these people? The worst Republican is better than the best Democrat right now because the Democrat Party stands only for anarchy and anti-Americanism. At least those are, are my views. Trump says he's arrested over 100 anarchists. Let's hear clip three. I don't know. I don't believe it. Do you believe this or not? Let's listen to clip three. And with us, we've gotten very tough. You know, we have over 100 people under arrest, which nobody knows. I said, how come nobody knows that? They said, sir, we're law enforcement people. I said, they're right. They're not public relations people. But we should let people know we've arrested a lot of people. And based on the Monuments Act, which is already in existence, they get 10 years in jail. Let's see. I mean, let's see. Now people are just learning about it. But when they hear 10 years... It's been very modified by comparison. So they want to knock out a monument or a statue. They get 10 years in prison. Uh, Look, President Trump, we want to see their pictures. We want to see a picture of the 100 anarchists that have been arrested for destroying American monuments. Okay, people need to see that you are in control and that law and order rules. BLM plus ACLU equals CPUSA. That's a little set of acronyms that I put together on Twitter. For those of you who know Godard's work in the 1960s, the uh, filmmaker, BLM plus ACLU. Imagine me writing this with a brush on a wall. BLM plus ACLU equals CPUSA. It's an acronym, but it says an awful lot. It's less words and more meaning for those of you who get the the Instagram, the the Telegram message. You know what I'm saying? 855-407-282 from Monin to Stonin. Calls, calls, calls relationships being fractured fractured so i um you want me to read the story now we just save that for uh, segment two you know i have eight segments in a show so uh jim verde robert borowski and i we talk in the morning and i write out with them the segments we're going to do so i said segment one which is what we're doing now open monologue website and tweets i haven't read my website yet Segment two, I'm going to read a story from A Savage Life about a bus ride to Atlanta, Georgia in the 1960s in the middle of the night eating fried chicken. Segment three, we're going to read from A Savage Life, another story. Segment four, headlines that are out there and your calls. Segment five, we're going to do Western Civilization. 
And in se- segment seven, we have a very interesting guest for you. No one's had him on, on, on any show yet. Even the great Sean Hannity hasn't had him on. Mr. Madison Cawthorn. Who is he? He should be in every show in the country. He is the 24-year-old Republican House candidate who won North Carolina, the primary in the 11th district on Tuesday. Now, this young man is a hero, and he's going to be on this show with us. He's 24 years old. He won this uh, seat. Trump didn't back him. Trump backed somebody against him, an establishment Republican type. I think I don't know who he backed, but Mr. Cawthorn should be our hero. He's not made it to Fox News yet because he doesn't meet the protocols of the elders of Fox. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Uh, There's only so much politics you can take and I can take. I'm going to read you a little short story from A Savage Life. This is a two-pager called Higira from New York. My first Higira from New York was a bus ride to Miami. The dining highlights, I recall, were the chicken bones in a greasy bag thrown under the seat by an old lady going to her retirement. And chicken again, this time the southern fried variety, at a bus rest stop in the middle of an Atlanta winter night. I always loved fried chicken as a boy, and this was really going to be a treat. To gorge on greasy chicken thighs and breasts in the heart of Dixie, where I had heard they had first perfected the recipe. The only factor limiting my enthusiasm was the, the time of night. I was asleep on the bus like Ratso Rizzo on his death ride, sweaty and in a fit of sorts, when the jouncing greyhound abruptly stopped. The lights were flashed on. Rest stop, everybody out, shouted the uh, bus driver. And he came down the aisle, prodding each and every one of us, even the old chicken bone lady, reminding me of the cartoon cop of the past, who cracks his billy across the soles of the sleeping park bum. Who knows, maybe he got a kickback from the rest stop owner. I really don't know. But everyone on that bus was hounded into that eatery. The doors to our carriage locked. There was no escaping it. I would have southern fried chicken, even though I was slightly nauseous beneath that 3 a.m. Georgia night sky with stars as sharp as fractured mollusks in a barrel. It was okay, that's all. Too crusty, too greasy. Of course, today I know it was probably cooked in lard and that the saturated fat would account for my early death uh, had I kept on with my dietary ignorance. But the slight case of indigestion I nursed all the way to Jacksonville gave me that slight something to think about, which oh so softly pushed me into the arms of Morpheus. That's Hegira from New York. Now, the story then continues. I have two minutes before I, I, I plots here with the timing and the this. Did anyone like that story? You want me to continue? You want me to only talk about COVID and diseases and news and disease and news and Trump and Biden? I won't do it anymore. I'm on strike. Now I'm going to read from Miami because I got to Miami. You know, I was thinking about this in my sleep last night. Getting up every day at 435 now. 
I used to hear that when you get older, you don't sleep that much. I heard it from my parents. I didn't understand why. I think I kind of know why you don't sleep that much when you get older. You're right. You're getting ready for the big sleep so you could do without it. No, I'm going to sleep earlier, so I'm sleeping better. By getting up at 4.30, but I have a trick. You know what my trick is? Do you ever notice if you get up early and you lay in bed, you start to worry your mind like swirls with every problem in your life? I found if I just get out of bed, even in the dark and it's cold in the room, you're better off. You, you just get up, do your stuff, whatever. God forbid, don't exercise at 4.30. You'll get a heart attack. You don't have to jump into a cold shower. You don't have to start exercising. Just get up and walk around the house. Look at things. Look outside in the dark. Look at the sky. Look at your dog. Make yourself a cup of tea. In those days, circa 1958, you could get a full breakfast in Miami for 39 cents. Two sunny side up eggs fried in butter, one slice of grease-ridden ham, two slices of white toast suffocated in butter, coffee, and juice, 39 cents. I loved every bite, but I've never again eaten anything like that. Now it's one healthful and bland dirge after another. But I'm still alive, which is an achievement in this world. Balancing your wants against your needs without becoming homicidal or suicidal is success, though I will admit to approaching both states several times along the road. I'll be back to read more from my book, A Savage Life, just to entertain you today on The Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You are back again. You think I'm going to talk about the anarchists or the drug addicts in the street who are out of college and have nothing to do, the bums? You think I'm going to talk about that moron Fauci, that psychopath who Trump never should have let get out of control? You think I'm going to talk about Gavin Newsom wanting to destroy the state even further? I know so many restaurants that are now out of business. He wants to destroy everything and turn us into serfs. It's unbelievable to me. I'm not going to talk about it. I mentioned friends are fighting like during the Civil War. I'm not the only one who understands what's going on here, the loss of relationships because of these lockdowns. <clears throat> but I want to go back to uh, the story I started to tell you about 1958 Miami. And took a bus ride down there. There was another trip that came back to me where six of us piled into a car. I don't know what it was, some big V8, whatever. And we drove nonstop. I would never do a thing like that today from New York in the middle of the winter to Miami. You know what that felt like? It's amazing. The thought, I can remember to this day, the six of us in the car, six young guys. How old were we? 17, 18, 19. How the world was before us. It was astounding. And how everything starts to change as you head south. You're leaving the sleet and the snow and you're shivering in an overcoat. And then, of course, it gets warmer, warmer, warmer. But not really, not till you're out of, I mean, Jacksonville was still cold. But then when you get near Miami, and I was a Cuban music lover at that time. And we started to tune the radio in and pick up some of the greatest Cuban music out of a radio station coming out of, out of Havana at that time. What a thrill that was. So then we get into Miami. I've never been there. And the feeling of the air, the balminess in the winter, you can't describe it unless you come from the east and had never been in a tropical place before. So in those days, I said, you get there, we had the full breakfast, and uh, Kerouac's on the road had just surfaced at Queens College. Harold, the older fat boy in the crowd, smilingly fished it from his tent-like trench coat one rainy autumn day in Flushing. He told us younger guys milling around between classes that the book portrayed a wild car ride across America, free sex, saxophones, and drugs on every page. As they say today, it was a real page turner. 
My first, really, unless you count that book I read when I was about eight about some guy who flew a seaplane into Arctic lakes, saving Eskimos and trappers. Kerouac's odyssey was not about saving others. He was on his own road of salvation, seeking drama through thrills, not yet knowing that peace within came only when the trips were over and you could sit on a balmy pier watching the gulls while thinking about where you had been and what you thought you were doing there. Now, it is true that Tolstoy died in his 80s, covered with snow on a train station bench after setting off on one more journey, and that there is something defeatist about saying you're through traveling while still young and healthy. This attitude is true sacrilege in a nation obsessed with motion. But like Kerouac, America, too, will learn her limits. And I hope it's before we burn out in an old armchair in front of a television, drunk and drugged, watching another one of our endless foreign peace missions. But Harold's book was just the kick I needed to unchain myself, so I thought, from clan and caste. So during mid-semester break, it was my first bus trip to Miami, followed in later seasons by a wild nonstop car ride, eight of us packed into a fast Hemi Dodge, and later still an Army surplus DC-3 that taxied on a tail wheel from Newark. Tilted at 45 degrees, you felt like Buck Rogers about to take off on a space adventure until the stewardess, not yet a flight attendant, distributed those box lunches that smelled of cardboard. Other than being robbed in a flea bag hotel by a midget bellhop who pulled some kind of trick on me by making my bankroll of $80 disappear from the hotel safety box, nothing much exciting happened down there. It is true I got my money back by causing a bad scene provoking seedy Orson Welles types to slowly close in on me in a circle, only being saved at the last minute by the Dade County Blue Boys. They came, mind you, because the midget had called them in an attempt to intimidate this Yankee and backing off on his crazy demands. But when the six cops arrived, as I say, I was surrounded by an assortment of perfectly fine carnival geeks, and the midget suddenly discovered that my money really was somehow still in that steel box, he said, had been missing. Must have fallen down and back somewhere, that's all. Charged with pulling victory from what would have been fiscal disaster on my first solo flight from the nest, I took my friends to dinner. And I don't remember the meal, and that's all I've got to say about eating in Miami. Let's have a little music, uh, Ray. A little, a little traveling music, Ray. Miami, 1958. Great story. That's from A Savage Life. That's actually one of my favorite books next to God, Faith, and Reason. Look back of all the books I've written. <laughs> I'm finishing up a new book called Our Battle for America. I had a little argument with the publisher already this morning over. I wanted to call it Our War, you know, to save America. She wanted to call it Battle and Afraid of the Word War. I said, why afraid of the word war? It worked pretty good with Trump's war, didn't it? What do you think this is? A joke? That's not a war going on in the streets? Anyway, that, that's a nonfiction book. And my heart is there. It's a great book. It's a very important book for the election. But when you look back on your, on your life, as a writer, as a broadcaster, really, what really matters? What is your legacy? Some phrases you've said that might last, like borders, language, and culture. No one will ever forget that one. It's the best definition of a nation ever created. But, you know, where is my heart and soul? Probably in a book like this, The um, A Savage Life. I love that book, all the stories in it. And if you want me to go on, there's a Chinese proverb which says, all memories are traces of tears. I love that one. Isn't that a good one? All memories are traces of tears. That's why a lot of people, when they get older, have no memories. They don't want to be sad. They wipe their minds out with, uh, I don't know, age and alcohol. I could read from Boy in the River, Nightclub, Propeller, Slum Dialect, 
how I got into radio, achievements, boy in the basement, an American gangster in Spain setting a peanut man on fire, pennies from Beethoven, speculator in a garden of numbers, my silent brother, the electric blue saddle-stitched pants, a fly in the tuna, tough high school geometry teacher, two fingers on his right hand, happy and sad cufflinks, woodchuck bill, fat pat and tippy the dog, Dead Man's Pants, Sam the Butcher, Coney Island Wax Figures, Louie and His Crazed Monkey, End of Day Glass, Working the System, Working on Cruise Lines, First Boat in Hawaii, Sailing for the First Time, The Leather Man Gets Cancer, From Immigrant Son to Radio Stardom, The, deaths of, the Death of Pat Snowy, When Pasta Was Spaghetti, Separate Bedrooms, Political Museums and the Downfall of Western Culture, The Time Shelter, Being Decent Is Not Love, Man Is a Creature of Reason, Talking to a Bum About God, Conversations with My Great-Grandfather, The Knockout, God's Warriors, Those Are the Contents of a Savage Life. The whole thing actually put together just by the titles is a little bit of a tone poem, isn't it, Jim? The titles are good. They're very good. So I'm open for business today. I can do politics if you'd like, but everyone can. The beauty is, is everyone can do politics. All you got to do is click on a, a report, the Schmendrick report, the Chaim Yankel report, the this report, the Max report, the Min report, and, and then you, you read the story like you're a genius. Virus cases hit all time high. I don't care. How's that? I'm not wearing a mask. I wear a mask where I have to. If I go in a restaurant, I make you wear it on the way in. You can't wear it while you're eating unless you're Joe, uh, Joe Biden. I guess he could eat, wear it while he's eating since he, apparently he's getting a liquid diet. So you wear it going in. Okay, fine. But the mask is to protect you from those who have the disease. The mask isn't for you if you don't have it. It's for those who are spreading it. Do you understand that? I see the schmucks here in Marin County running with a mask on. They're going to get a heart attack. Who could run or bicycle with a mask on but a moron? Who would but an idiot? And, of course, the mask is a sign of, um, uh, what's the word, submission. Submission to the power of the state. That's what it is. It's a, it's a mark of submission. And uh, we have to understand that we've lost our freedom the day you have to wear a mask wherever you go. You can't let some stupid gelhead governor tell you what to do. Who the hell is he? Who is this stupid gelhead who every day talks about science? What science? Some schmuck at UC Berkeley? Who no, no one ever heard of? That's science. One moron. I'll give you science that shows the other side. Science. Science. Wolf Blitz's science is what he took. He ate some prunes and he had science in the bathroom. What science? What are you talking about? Science could be anything you want it to be today. Science has been politicized. Science. That's all. So they're going to lock us down again. Good luck. How come they didn't lock down the rioters? Where were they when they were rioting in the streets and burning and looting? Where were all the big mouths then? Where was Governor Newsom then when they were burning San Francisco to the ground? Where was he then, jailhead? Where are they all? Where, where was give a Mr. Uh, meatball and Spaghetti, meatball, sausage and meatballs in New York when they're burning New York and looting? Where was he? Where was he? Where was he? Where was Mr. Meatball, the sausage and meatball governor? He had nothing to say when they were burning and looting? But an ordinary person goes out, he's going to arrest you for, for not wearing a mask? This is going to get so bad so soon. How come the rioters didn't have to wear a mask? I guess if you're stealing brassiers out of a, a, a lady's store in the name of uh, uh, racial justice, you can't wear a mask. The mask is liable to be confused with something you just stole out of the lingerie store. I don't know. They didn't wear masks while they were looting, did they? Where were, they, where were, they, where were the masks? And when the anarchists were pulling down statues, how come they didn't have masks on? Where were they? 
That's all. Meanwhile, the market doesn't look too good. The, 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 the stock market, I don't have a dime in the stock market. And uh, I'm glad I don't because this is going to crash. It's going to be worse than a dirigible in New Jersey. It's going to come down like you can't believe. It's crazy. I don't see how this can go on. It's all based on nothing. They're nothing. You see how many businesses are going broke. 47% of homeowners consider selling. Everyone I know wants to sell their house. Where are they moving to? Can you imagine owning a house in San Francisco right now or an apartment, what it's worth? No, let's put it another way. All the people who bought, saved all their money and bought a condo or an apartment in Manhattan. What are you going to do with it? Who's going to buy that from you? Who wants to move to Manhattan right now? Nobody. You've got to be a maniac to move into these cities. Or if you're stuck, let's say, in oh, a big mansion in San Francisco. Who would want to be in such a thing right now with the idiots who could come and burn your house down? I, I don't understand why anyone would want it. And then all the people attacking Trump. I mean, and now the Mary Trump book's going to come out. I got the the uh, the book from the the mustache, the walrus. Oh, a bunch of garbage. All of the pictures in the book by the walrus are about him. I've never seen anything like it. What a loser! Here I am in Prague. Here I am in Berlin. Here I am with the president. Here I am, and I hated the president. Here I am before I hated the president. Here I am begging the president for the job. Here I am trying to get into Mar-a-Lago. Here I am being kicked out of Mar-a-Lago. Here I am saluting Mar-a-Lago. What a book! A garbage. There's nothing in it. Coming out next week. See, here's the thing. The book by the loser. What's his name with the mustache? Bolton. I never liked that slimy thing from the beginning. Hannity pushed them on him. Hannity pushed them on him. Everyone knows that. Him and the other genius. They they boast about it. They boast about it. Hannity and the other genius pushed pushed this guy into, into the Trump White House who stabbed him in the back. How the hell they still have an audience, I'll never understand. And why Trump still... Whatever. I can't read all of the, the tea leaves. It's too much already. It's too confusing. Why they do this. And there's no loyalty. Why they do that. So now this, the book's coming out from the niece. Same publisher, Mary Trump. Uh, she signed an NDA. She got what she wanted in the, in the will. And now she's stabbing him for more money. Now, how in the world can you buy a book and believe a word of it? If you hate Trump, you'll say, oh, boy, this confirms everything I ever thought about him. But if you're going to vote for Trump, you don't care what a guy like Bolton or Mary, the, the miserable, the miserable Mia Skite niece has to say. A Mia Skite loser. She got what she wanted. She settled with the family. She got the money, the jack that she thought she could get out of him. Okay. Now what? Now she wants more money? Another way she wants to be on a, on a television show? Put out a cosmetic line? Mary's cosmetics? Apply it to your face and your skin disappears? I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is the Friday edition of the Savage Nation. You know, this is my signature. This is the kind of show I did for so many years, and I loved radio when I did this. When I used to get pigeonholed and trapped in the cul-de-sac of politics, I started to hate radio. No one could do politics as well as I. No one. I mean, I, I hear how boring the other shows are. They're derivative. They repeat themselves. They read a news article or they read the Bill of Rights day and night. I mean, it's enough already. But, you know, if you want to improvise and be a jazz musician of the, of the voice, of, the, of speech, it's very hard to do unless you have something to really say and you have a great armamentarium of life stories and life history that are real. And this is what I like to do. And then bounce into, into some politics here and there. And uh, I've done that, and I've enjoyed it. 
Enjoyed it very much. I hope you're enjoying the Friday edition of the Savage Nation. But I don't want to get pigeonholed again and trapped into the news of the Trump and the Biden, the Republican and this, and the Black Lives Matter and Black Lives this, and Black Lives this, and a cop that. It's enough already. We know what's going on. The battle lines are drawn. We know which side we're on. It's that simple. That's all. Let's stop beating a dead horse, so to speak. But if you want to call, go ahead. Let's take some nice calls. 855-487-282. My main point is, is that relationships have been destroyed by the governors and by Fauci based upon their false data. Now, I wouldn't say they initially did this on purpose, but they all know better by now. They all know the mortality rate is not 4.5% or 5%. It's about 0.1%, 0.2%. They, they all know that. And they all know the hospitals are not being overwhelmed as they feared in the beginning. And it was rational to fear it in the beginning. But it's irrational to lock this country down again. Selective quarantine. Quarantine those who are at most risk. That's what I called for back in February. I'll call call for it again. If not, quarantine the governors. Maybe you should quarantine the governors and put them in a madhouse where they belong for destroying their own states. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book, see the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Hour two, Friday edition, Savage Nation. You know, I have a friend, he's also my attorney, Dan Horowitz, we share a lot of things in common, cultural, societal, I don't know, political, he's probably you know, to the left of me and so I don't, I don't ask him. But <clears throat> he once got me a gift called the Blue Note Collector's Edition, 25 CDs, because he knows I'm a jazz nut. And I don't listen to this stuff enough. But I would tell you this, I grew up on jazz music, I grew up on music like this, how I found it is just a matter of my personality. And <clears throat> we've lost it. How did this society devolve to this point, I want to know. Because you're talking about largely African-American musicians, geniuses, on, on every level, musical geniuses. How did we fall to this level where we don't see this anymore? You have an idiot like Spike Lee, whatever his name is. All that comes out of his mouth is hate. That now passes for a filmmaker? Yeah, evil is, evil that, oh yeah. That's now art, just to hate? I think I'm going to write a new song. Uh, it's called... Just because I don't bow down to you doesn't mean I hate you. Does that work for you, Jim? I can't play any instruments, but I can do the verbal. Yeah, it's my next song in the Savage Nation. is called Just Because I Don't Bow Down to You Doesn't Mean I Hate You. You like that one? Well, the phone number is 855-400-7282. At the bottom of this hour, we have that young man, 24-year-old Republican House candidate who won North Carolina primary in the 11th District on Tuesday, Madison Cawthorn. He almost died in a car wreck, partially paralyzed, and uh, here he's going to be on this show. Great guy. And he wasn't backed by this administration. Could you figure that one out? I mean, who's on, on, which side is anyone on anymore? I'm on his side. How's that? 
A guy like him is the hope for this country. He'll be on at the bottom of the hour. Minneapolis neighborhood that vowed not to call police in wake of Floyd death is already being tested. How? Bums, drugs, violence. Listen to this. Listen to the idiots who live in this progressive district in Minneapolis who want the cops gone. Are you ready? Another resident, Mitchell Erickson, said he regretted calling 9-11 when two black teenagers cornered him a block away from his home, held a gun to his chest, and demanded his car keys. Erickson said he mistakenly handed over his house keys, and the frustrated teens left him only to steal another car a few blocks away. Now listen to what this moron says. Quote, been thinking more about it, Erickson said in a text message to a reporter. I regret calling the police. It was my instinct, but I wish it hadn't been done. I put those boys in danger of death by calling the cops. Okay, liberalism is a mental disorder. Whenever you can't make sense of what they do, plug that into the formula. It always works, and it doesn't matter what the race is. That's all. Here's another one. Carrie Nightshade told the Times, explaining that she no longer allows her children 12 and 9 to play in the park by themselves. She said, it's not personal. It's just not safe because it's full of bums and drug addicts. So again, she won't accept what she has created with her progressivism. All right, this is how it has to go. All things change, all things remain the same. I've been through this before. It'll come back again, I guarantee you. I've seen it a thousand times in my lifetime. All the good liberals come running home when they see what the hell they created. It'll happen. Wait, you'll see. You'll see. Now, let's take some calls. Illinois, Ryan, line five. You're up on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Dr. Savage long-time listener of yours, and I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for this country. It's just amazing, and without a voice for all of us that are sitting here, we would be a completely different nation. We need you to keep doing what you're doing just as much as we need President Trump to step up and do That's very nice to hear, and let me tell you something. Uh, it's, it's truly because of voices like yours that I do get up and do this show. That's why I do it. I, I, I know that if I if I left the airwaves, it would create a vacuum for people who have come to really count on me as a member of their mental geography, let's put it to you that way, or their mindset. Or I'm like a family member. Do you know how many people grew up listening to me? I, I got people emailing and rather texting or whatever on Twitter or Facebook saying they're now like they're 25 years old. They grew up in their father's arms who's long dead. Another one says, you know, the father's dead. I'm like, the father. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me. To realize how long a road this has been, a quarter of a century is a very long time. And it doesn't matter whether you love me or you hate me or you agree with me or disagree with me. I am part of the national media landscape. I'm actually part of the national mind. I have been for a very long time. And you cannot take that away from me. You know, 25, 26 published books, they have a way of lasting. And I haven't seen uh, book book fires yet. I haven't seen that yet in uh, Fahrenheit 451. But we're getting there. Maybe the good liberal girls will come out and burn books and do so with glee and think that it's for progressivism as they burn books in a bonfire and not realize that they are the new collaborationists who uh, work with the Nazis in World War II. Around and around it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Okay? Connecticut, Lou, line two. You're on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind, Lou? Michael, I love when you play doo-wop and jazz to accent the show. Um, well, I have, I have to because otherwise it's, it's, a, dead, it's a dead zone. It, it's, it's distressing because such wonderful music, and as you pointed out, has its, its true Americana has its basis in New Orleans and New York and Philadelphia and Detroit. 
and it involves African-American people. Yet African-American people now do not listen to that music largely, the young people in particular. Yeah, and, I, know. I know what they listen to, the, the garbage and the hate. The politicized filth, garbage and hate, I get it. Laced with profanity, having nothing to do with music. I don't even know how they even give out awards for it. But just well, how? Quick. They give each other awards the same way the colleges give out awards for non-studies. Well, they give out awards in physics, chemistry, science, and engineering. They give out awards for women's studies, lesbian studies, gay studies, uh, ethnic studies, everything about real studies. Everything but real studies. That's part of what I was trying to teach the other day. That's exactly what the ex-KGB agent uh, taught us would happen in the country when the Marxists took over. Anyway, look, I can do what I got to do. I'm from another time, another place, but it's not lost. And I don't think it's lost forever, by the way. I can't say it'll come back, that people are going to start to love Thelonious Monk, or they're going to come to appreciate the, the, the music uh, that I've been talking about. Art Blakey, Donald Byrd, Kenny Burrell, Sonny Clark, John Coltrane. Lou Donaldson, Dexter Gordon, Grant Green, Herbie Hancock. Most of these names are lost to uh, the society today. But it doesn't mean their music is dead, does it? There are people who understand the genius of this music. This country is in tears for a number of reasons. And it's all, it all doesn't begin with the letter T and end with the letter P. It begins with the letter G for governor and ends with the letter S for stupid. Governor stupids. That's why the country's crying, not because of Donald Trump. These governors broke the nation over their knees because they're all fascists in their heart. Science might be behind. Science might be behind. There's no science involved in what they're doing. None whatsoever. It's all a lie. One gigantic big lie. One big lie. So when the protesters and rioters are out there with no masks, they had nothing to say, all of the jailheads. All of the meatball and, and spaghetti governors and the gelheads out there, they had nothing to say, all the fascistic governors. Right, right on, right on, right on. And we all knew what would coming, what would happen. We knew there'd be a spike amongst young people. So now there's a spike of the disease amongst young people. They're denying it has anything to do with the mobs that were rioting together for weeks on end. They were in the streets, inhaling each other's fumes sweating, groaning, moaning, spuming, and you don't know where they all went or why there's spikes? That's the number one reason for the spikes. Number one. Oh, wear a mask. You wear a mask. Take that mask and you know what you do with it? I'm an American. I'm not wearing a mask. Take that mask and shove it. As I said to you, just because I don't bow down to you doesn't mean I hate you. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Fauci is a dunce. Fauci is a careerist politician, not a scientist. I have told you this. I don't know how Trump doesn't get the message. Fauci has done more damage to this nation than the virus. This man, I watched him during the AIDS epidemic. I saw what a demonic man he was then. Can you explain to me how a man lasts over 40 years in a government bureaucracy and doesn't retire? What kind of man he must be, how Machiavellian he is. And yet Trump lets him trump him at rallies with the mask job. Now, let me tell you again, the mask is excellent if you are a spreader or you have droplets that you don't want to spread onto others. The mask is wonderful if you're around people who are infected. Okay? You're going to bicycle with a mask, you're going to wind up with a heart attack. You're going to run with a mask, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack. 
your oxygen depletion is running at about 40% if you're doing that. How stupid can these people be? That's number one, two, and three. One, two, three, and four. Then you got more on uh, whatever his name is, the guy who wants to be president, the, the invisible one, the hologram in a basement. Biden says he would use federal, pow- federal power to require masks. You hear this? He's a fascist. This is fascism that these people are imposing on you. Imposing on you. And uh, sheriffs are now standing up. The sheriffs are saying, don't be a sheep. We're not going to enforce the law. Okay? It's, it's a person's personal decision whether or not to wear a mask. And then there's the big thing about the, the spread. You had all of these stupid young people rioting in all of the major cities, no masks on. They're right now, Jim tells me, in New York occupying. What are they occupying, Jim? What are they occupying? It's occupying City Hall, these morons. None of them are wearing a mask. Then what? They're going to go to Florida for a vacation or, or Corpus Christi and bring a disease with them? I was told that Florida spiked a few weeks ago when all of the young people uh, went back to mommy, to the condominiums in mommy, mommy's condo down in Miami and the whole Florida coast. They brought the disease with them. Then, of course, they couldn't resist going to the bar because after all, that's all they know how to do. That's their full time job. Rioting, looting and drinking and smoking dope. That, that's a full time job now for the young people, the revered young people. Eight, five, five. What do you want me to talk about? In a couple of minutes, we have someone who's really important on that young guy who won the, the North Carolina primary, 24-year-old Republican House candidate, almost died in a car wreck, partially paralyzed in a wheelchair. Great guy. I don't know why Trump didn't back him. Trump backed someone against him. Would you? I'm going to ask Madison Cawthorn about that. And uh, he's fiscally conservative, pro-gun, anti-abortion, immigration hardliner, supports term limits for members of Congress. He's a really a hardcore right-wing guy. I mean, a conservative, let's put it that way. So he won the primary, and Trump didn't back him. Trump backed someone else. I'm going to find out who. I don't know why. why would, who was advising Trump on This is the problem. I guess the same people who are advising him to, uh, to take in Fauci and to take in uh, uh, the mustache. Maybe the, the wallbanger must have told him the other guy was better. Wallbanger's not an independent thinker. Wallbanger does what he's told by those who run the network. Are you people kidding Wallbanger works for Fox News. Wallbanger does what Wallbanger is told to do, or Wallbanger wouldn't be on, the, on, on, on TV for one second. Okay? That's what's happening over there. What are the greatest contributions to the world from Western civilization? What's the most regrettable thing you've done in your life? Corona spike among younger people, a mystery to the left wing. Uh, not a mystery to me. And uh, friends are fighting in America today like the Civil War over the news and who are the anarchists those are some of the things we've been talking about on the uh, savage nation california john line three what's on your mind which topic appeals to you today michael um, always great to hear you and i uh, hope your health is great and uh, you're with us a long time but my topic is pretty much what has devolved this nation it's been edu- our education system it's been destroyed by these you mentioned those departments and sex and race and all these crazy things we're all colonialists all systemically this that and the other and and that's what we need to do we need to defund these universities these these you know which is ultimately breaks down into the well they're not studying chemistry they're not studying engineering they're not studying uh, anything that's a hard science which requires real brains they're studying garbage you don't need a brain to study what they're studying giving themselves degrees in degrees in nothingness 
this study, that study. Then they, they give themselves awards. Then they become professors, professors of nonsense. So that, that's what's going on. So it's an un- uneducated mob out there. That's all. Chris, New York, line four, fire away. What's on your mind? How you doing, Dr. Savage? Um, I'm calling about friendships. Um, you did ask a question, though, about the North Carolina candidate, and I have an idea. I think that Mark Meadows, that's Trump's uh, chief of staff, yep. he was a former yeah, North Carolina congressman. I think you asked who's, who's advising him to back somebody else. He's a rhino. They wouldn't back this kid for a number of reasons. He's uh, you know, a too, too, too real of a conservative. That's just the point. You can ask Matt. So, yeah, but wait, I'm going to ask him because Mark Meadows once nominated this young man to attend the U.S. Naval Academy, and then he got injured and couldn't go there. So he must know Mark Meadows well. Why would Mark Meadows back someone else who lost, by the way? And look, the issue is, is that he won and he's a hardcore Republican right winger. Let's put it that way. A true constitutionalist, a true patriot, a borders, language and culture guy. He's 24 years old. He is... The real McCoy, he is our future. He is our hope. This guy could be president one day. Do you understand how important he is to this country? He will join us in a few minutes. Madison Cawthorn, 24-year-old Republican House candidate, won the North Carolina primary in the 11th District on Tuesday, despite having not been backed by the Trump administration. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the uh, Savage Nation. Uh, let's go to some callers right now. Brian in Arkansas, uh, welcome to the program. What's on your mind tonight? Yes, sir. I'm a 50-year jazz musician. Really love your uh, interest in all the jazz tunes. And yesterday I saw a disturbing ad on Nickelodeon Channel, of all things, uh, promoting some uh, Black Lives Matter-related program. And during the spot... They had about 10 seconds where they just showed Black Lives Matter uh, emblem, and that was on Nickelodeon. So they're actually starting to try to uh, get to our children. Well, let me ask you something. Do you, as a jazz musician for all these years, do you find African-Americans still interested in, in, in jazz, like Thelonious Monk and the type I've been playing? Are they still interested in it as a, well, as a people? Some, yes. I mean, uh, there are some that... They're of a whole race and nationality that love jazz music because it's got heart and soul. But uh, correct, that's exactly my point. And I, I thank you so much for uh, for uh, for staying with it for so long. You're like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Now our guest is ready, Mr. Madison Cawthorn. With no further introduction, Mr. Cawthorn, welcome to the Savage Nation and congratulations on your victory. Well, Dr. Savage, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, my friend. Well, we read so much about you, and I, I mean, the most pregnant question is, you're a real conservative, you're fiscally conservative, immigration hardliner, you know, guns, God, family, and who did the administration back other than you, and why? Uh, you know what? They backed a personal friend of uh, Mark Meadows, and so that was... Uh, now, I guess that's the reason they, they jumped in. But you know what? I'll tell you, when, uh, when the president endorsed, that just, uh, that just, it just really strengthened my resolve. And I, 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 we, didn't, we didn't blink once. We just continued to trudge. <laughs> so you're saying, when the, well, you're saying when the president Trump didn't endorse you, you got even more adamant about winning, huh? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I, I, I felt, uh, felt backstabbed because 
Yeah, well, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, you almost died in a car wreck, partially paralyzed. You're in a wheelchair, and yet you haven't given up. You're still fighting. You had a tragic accident that left you partially paralyzed. What gives you the motivation to keep on fighting? Never lie. I'm not talking about existing. I'm talking about fighting. What's in you? You know what? It's just uh, I, I think it was instilled in me both, uh, you know, kind of a nature and nurture type type of line. I say always say I was raised on push-ups and proverbs, and you know there was no such word as quick. <laughs> oh, I love that line. You were raised on push-ups and proverbs. That's going to go over real well in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I real I read that you are uh, were homeschooled by your wonderful parents. In Hendersonville, right? I was indeed, yes, sir. You do your research. Well, come on. You're becoming a famous guy. You're also the owner and CEO of a real estate investment company, and you're a motivational speaker. Uh, I can understand why you are a motivational speaker, because anyone looks at you and says, if this kid can do it, I can do it. I don't want to call you a kid, but older people, right, would say, who is this guy? And wow, look at him. He's still a fighter. He hasn't given up. Yeah, well, you know what? I when I came out of the hospital, I had about three million dollars in medical debt, so I was very, uh, very encouraged and incentivized to start a business and try and start start working towards that. And so it's uh, been very successful, and I'm very thankful God's given put me in a great position. Uh, but you know, it's it, I'm I'm loving where we're at right now. Madison Cawthorn, how can people contribute to your campaign in uh, the North Carolina district that you're in? How do they contribute? How do they go online and, and help you? You know what, I'm glad you asked. The best way to do it is go to madisoncawthorn.com. And again, my last name is spelled with no E at the end. Uh, but then there's a, there's a donate button, and you can press give online. It takes you to a, a, a WinRed account that I get 100% of the proceeds from. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent system to use. But I'm telling you, uh, Dr. Savage, this is a very important race for us to win. The first time I'm going up against is uh, starting to, to pitch himself as a, uh, I guess, a middle-of-the-road Democrat. But I'll tell you, during the primary, he was nothing short of a socialist. I can believe it. Madison Cawthorn, C-A-W-T-H-O-R-N. Not to be confused with Nathaniel Hawthorne. It's Madison Cawthorn. So when you were growing up, you had your parents homeschooling you. You believe in faith, hard work. You believe in your religion. You're a businessman. And yet the establishment went up against you, and you still fought against them. I read that you were nominated by Mr. Meadows to attend the Naval Academy, but then your plans were knocked out by the by the accident. You were in the car wreck. Uh, and I had a wonderful picture of you up on michaelsavage.com with you with your dog, and you had an incredible uh, hunting rifle with you, and I loved your uh, camo outfit with the, uh, the pistol on your chest. Who taught you to shoot? Uh, you know, my, my father taught me to shoot growing up. That was, a, you know, my, probably the first tool I learned to use was with a hammer, then the next tool I learned to use is a gun. <laughs> you know, you've got some really great lines, and I really hope you keep using them. Your first one was, my, fir- my first one was, I grew up on push-ups and proverbs. Where'd you get that one from? What a great line. Uh, you know what? I mean, that, that's just a common saying around my household. That, uh, it's, it's, uh, we were literally just raised that way, you know. It was a, it was a uh, you know, I think there's a great lesson to be learned between hard work. I think that gives you wisdom. And, you know, I think there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. And so, uh, you know, hard work comes from the push-ups, and then you get some, some, some wisdom coming from, uh, from being able to read the good book. And I think that's, it. that's all the information you need to be able to lead a successful life. 
Mr. Cawthorn, has President Trump reached out to you after you won the North Carolina primary? Yes, indeed. I, if, you'll, if you'll allow me, I'll go on to a good bit of the story about it. So I'm driving home from the, uh, our victory party. I'm with my fiance in the car, and my phone's connected to the Bluetooth. And so it, uh, I get a call from an unknown number. And so I answer it, and it's a, a man. So, hello, this is with the uh, Air Force One switchboard. Can I connect you to the president? And so I enthusiastically say yes. And, uh, you know, I also then, because of my phone's already connected to all the speakers, you know, all around me, the, uh, the, that signature voice comes on. He says, told me it was a beautiful win, beautiful victory. It was tremendous, and that he really, really appreciated it. But then you, I figured he was just going to, you know, get in and out. He's got a lot to do right now. But, you know, he was so compassionate, so kind. He took about uh, eight minutes to speak to me. My fiance was great, invited me up to the White House. Uh, he's going to give me his full support. So very excited to get to work with the president, oh. you know, I, I, I encouraged him to say that, you know, I by no means think that my victory was a referendum on him because, you know, probably 99% of my voters will be supporting the president. Unbelievable. Great story. And I understand the power of a call from Air Force One. And I'm so glad the president reached out to you, even though, you know, he backed the choice of Mr. Meadows, but he likes a winner. I'll tell you something about President Trump. He loves a winner, and he loves a fighter, and he's going to love you. And I hope to God that when you get into that White House, uh, the world gets to see you on a bigger stage because you're only 24 years old. You really are prepared for this job. Are you prepared to take on the onslaught as a young conservative in this left-wing Congress should you win? You know, I will tell you right now, Dr. Savage, I, uh, I, I am right now enjoying kind of being the, the darling of all ends of the media. You know, I'm on Drudge Report, and then I'm on MSNBC. I was on The View today, then I'm on Fox News next. But I, I realize that this is a... Are you telling me those, those rotten harridans on The View are going to treat you nice? Oh, well, that, I, 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 think I, can, I think I can outwit them, I'll tell you that. Really? I mean, have you been on with those harridans yet? Yeah, I was on this morning around eleven. Uh, we, we, and how did they how did they treat you? Did they try to run you down for for loving God and the country? Uh, you know what they tried to? They tried to believe they quickly tried to uh, to point out. You know, they they were asking some questions about my policies, but you know, I, I really believe that kind of our conservative doctrine, if it's explained correctly, is just so bulletproof that you know there's there's not much that can be said. Even a foul mouthed, horrible human being like that one with uh, running around looking for people without masks in L.A. I forget her name. One of them. One of them is horrible. I mean, these people are really bad people. Kelly. And you, you were able to, you were able to sit around those those evil women and, and and best them. Well, maybe you got a long road ahead of you, and it, maybe you could be the salvation for this nation. Again, I want everyone to listening to the show. Please go to Madison Cawthorn C A W T H O R N dot com and please make a donation. We need him very badly. You're almost a counterpoint to occasional cortex, aren't you? Uh, you know what? I believe so. Uh, I believe her and I probably share one similarity because I genuinely believe all of her uh, her policies and beliefs are asinine. But aside from that, uh, I, we do agree on the fact that the future is based upon who can win the hearts and minds of the younger generation. And so uh, I'm actually the first. Gen- I'm the first year of the the, the Gen Z generation, and so that is a uh, that will uh, so she can compete for all the millennials. But I will uh, I will retort right quick with my generation rising up to be a conservative so you're you're younger than than her correct i am yes sir i uh, she is I believe is 30 years old so she's about six years older than me yeah she's over the hill already 
I'll never forget the nickname I gave her, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, because she only functions on about 50% of her neurons at best, and usually after she's taken some, uh, some fish oil. Uh, I hope that you do. Uh, who, who are you running against, by the way? I'm running against a, uh, an Air Force colonel named uh, Mo Davis. Uh, he's famous for leaving Guantanamo Bay and refusing to uh, interrogate, refusing to prosecute uh, terrorists, actual terrorists, <laughs> because waterboarding. You're kidding. That's who, the Rep- that's who you're facing in the Republican prime. Oh, he's a Democrat, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a Democrat. Yeah, far left. Far, far left. And how, how old a guy is he? Uh, I believe, I, I'm not sure, I believe he's a little over 60. Okay, so he's an old left-wing uh, operative in your district. Is your district, by and large, very conservative? The 11th District of North Carolina, is it very conservative? Well, you know what, when Mark Meadows was here, it was probably an R plus 14. I mean, an, an unlosable district, I would say. You would, he, Congress Meadows barely had to even campaign. Uh, but now they've just included, because it's a new gerrymandering, to put in a, uh, an entire very, very left-leaning liberal city into our thing, which is throwing about 39,000 new Democrats. Uh, but I will say that, you know, I, I believe we I, I'll, I'll fight as if we were 10 points behind, but I genuinely believe we're, we're probably 10 points ahead. Well, we're going to help you, Mr. Cawthorn, any way we can on this small radio show and on social media. And I... Hope everyone listening to my radio show, whether it's online or on a radio station, will go to MadisonCawthorn.com and make a significant donation. We need you there. And by the way, you're a great inspiration to all of us. You are incredible to be paralyzed in a car wreck and not give up. Not only not give up, you didn't become someone whining about it. You actually are fighting harder than ever. Amazing story. You're exactly you're exactly what America uh, needs right now, Mr. Mr. Cawthorn. Thank you for being with us on the program. Dr. Savage, have a great day, sir. Thank you. Let's not go to break. Robert, I got to tell you, Jim, what do you think of this young man? Right. Isn't isn't he great? I mean, isn't this wonderful to see a young person just when we thought it was all over who's younger than occasional cortex? who actually is functioning on all of his brain cells. Think about the future of the country. It may not be quite as dire as you fear, owing to the Wolf Blitzers and Jake Tappers of the world. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. It is the Savage Nation. I feel this was a very important show to have a young man like that on the program to take you out of the, the, the blues by going to the blues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we took you a little bit out of the, uh, the ordinary here. You know, we do a little politics, but a little music. Moaning by Art Blakey, did a lot of calls. We had that young man on. And um, I want you to think about the relationship situation. Life is with people. Life is with people. And when we get cut off from our friends and our family, we're losing our social network our social web in essence we're losing a big part of ourselves and stepping into this uh, vacuum are these demonic governors and maniacs like uh, this Fauci guy who doesn't want to tell you the real truth the real truth is uh, frankly this is exactly what uh, Pence said which is that virus deaths are falling while cases are rising Fauci doesn't like that So what does that mean? It means the mortality rate is much lower 
than the madmen wanted you to believe in the beginning. But the power madness is higher than it has ever been amongst the madmen who lied to you in the beginning of this uh, pandemic now, they call it, okay? So again, take that home, take that message home. Virus deaths are falling because the mortality rate 0.1%, 0.2. And the number of cases are rising for a number of reasons. One of the primary reasons is rising among the young, young people like they're sacred is because many of them were in these mobs rioting for two straight, three straight weeks with their cohorts, no masks on. Uh, meeting each other, greeting each other, sweating on each other, you know, whatever, kissing each other, hugging each other, linking arms together. And then they went home to mommy or they went to a resort and they brought it with them. Now, that's one big source of the virus, uh, the rise in cases. Then you have the border issue. The truth is there's a very big spike amongst restaurant workers. No question about that. Why? Because it's following the rules of any epidemic. Restaurant workers tend to be poor. They live in crowded quarters with a lot of people. That is a an incubation for uh, for any any microbe. So that's to be expected. And what's the solution to that? I guess stay away from restaurants. What are you going to do? I ate in three restaurants this week. Maybe I got it. How do I know? I don't know what I got. I mean, I couldn't help it. One Chinese joint opened up a lunch joint. That I lost 25 pounds since last December just by following a new diet, not eating in restaurants full of salt, right? 25 pounds have come off me without trying. I ate in this Chinese place twice. I think I must have put five pounds back on. Just two lunches. You eat one egg roll, it's a pound in that one egg roll. Then you add in the, the, the signature this and signature that. The fried rice, that's three pounds right there. I ate it twice. I couldn't believe how good I felt. It was like a drug. All right, so they wore the masks in the Chinese takeout. What do I know what they wore the night before if they wiped their, their smock? What do I know? That's all. Here we are. It's Friday. We had a wonderful young man on, full of hope. Thanks for listening. Next week is July 4th holiday. Wow, what a big week is coming up, right? All right, the whole show can be heard today in about an hour when it's up on the podcast, okay? I don't know the title of the show yet. What are we calling it, Jim? Huh? Growing Up Savage, that's the title of today's show. Thanks for listening. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 